0: Stranded in the Northern New York Snow Belt Syracuse, New York, and Buffalo, New York are pretty famous or infamous for the legendary lake effect snowstorms. We're not talking inches here, we're talking yards. Have you ever been stranded in Syracuse and Buffalo on the same weekend? Me neither, but it was close, awful close. The winter of 1977 was pretty well regimented for me. I taught math at TIS Monday to Friday, coached track every day after school Monday to Thursday, and we had upped upped our gymnastic practices to three times a week. Pretty hectic, but a very enjoyable pace. Friday after school, my golden rule was 301 on the 401, yep weekly trek to see Colleen in Burlington slash Oakville. But this weekend was to be different. The nucleus of the TIS track and field coaching staff were heading to Hartford, Connecticut for a coaching seminar. Ron Hungerford, Wayne Cornack, Steve McKinnon and I were excused from classes after period two and struck out for Hartford. First stop was Syracuse, two hours down the road to grab some lunch at our go-to spot there, the Ground and Round, where Highway 81 meets the thruway. While enjoying the finest pub fair in northern New York and quaffing an ale, we did note the beginning of a snowfall, but the clinic wasn't until Saturday, so we were not in a big rush. As we munched away, the snowfall began to increase in intensity and we were starting to get concerned. But hey, we could drive out of it in half an hour or so, as the snow belt traditionally extended northward from Syracuse towards Watertown. Needless to say, we were shocked when we exited the ground and round. There was quite an accumulation of the dreaded white stuff on the car and on the ground. We quickly brushed it off and headed for the throughway entrance, only a few blocks away. We never made it. While waiting for the car to warm up, we heard the Syracuse airport was closed, as was Route 81 in both directions, and the New York State Thruway as well. We weren't going anywhere. We knew the closest major hotel was only three or four blocks north uh, on the road, and we realized we were here for the night. So we headed there. Those three or four blocks took us almost two hours to navigate. Our timing was good, though, as we were able to book a couple of rooms. Not our planned destination, but any port in the storm. And a storm it was. It was near five o'clock when we got to the hotel, and it was filling up fast. We saw that we would have to have a wait for whatever service we required So naturally it was to the hotel pub we headed. It was a hopping joint as it filled with stranded motorists from the local industries, Route 81 and the thruway. The evening staff at the hotel were not able to make it in for their shift and none of us were able to leave. Here for the duration. Eventually we were treated to a free dinner courtesy of the hotel and served by now exhausted day staff and enjoy it we did. Luckily for us and all the other patrons the night's entertainment had arrived at the hotel and were able to perform endless sets in the pub. Of course that was where we retired to after the free meal. So we spent another few hours there until they finally shut down around 1 or 2 a.m. What clinic? We woke up to a crystal clear morning, no clouds in the sky, and the highways had all been plowed. Both Route 81 and the New York Street Thruway were plowed and open for traffic. This overnight delay, though, had put the kibosh on a trip to Hartford for the clinic, so the plan was to head back to Brockville. But I had a different plan. As I mentioned, my usual weekend was a flying trip to Oakville to spend precious time with Colleen. So I decided, why not make it a real flying trip? Hop a plane to Buffalo and have Colleen drive the 50 miles to Buffalo and pick me up. I could then take the train back to Brockville on Sunday. Ignoring the name calling and smart remarks from Ron, Wayne, and Steve, I requested that they drive me to the airport so I could wing my way to Buffalo. I tried calling calling several times from our room and the hotel lobby, but no answer. Nevertheless, off we went to the Syracuse airport, as Steve McKinnon said, to accommodate this lovesick 35-year-old teenager. Luckily for the group, the Syracuse airport is just north of the city and right off Route 81. So no real arguments from the guys about dropping me off. Being a firm believer in the uh, age-old adage about you have to have a ticket to get on board, but you don't have to get on board, I jumped in the queue and procured the ticket to Buffalo. Now it was time to make sure Colleen would make the quick trip to Buffalo and salvage me and my weekend. I tried several times to reach her in Burlington, but no answer. Of course, there was no such thing as cell phones in those days. I was confident I would get through and was even willing to fly to Buffalo with the hopes of contacting her once I landed. Being daring and in love, I told the guys to go ahead home. I would be okay. Out of desperation before boarding and the guys exiting the parking lot, I made a last-ditch call to the farm in Aaronsville. Lo and behold, the girl of my dreams had made the trip home on Friday night and was enjoying the weekend with her parents. Panic set in as I said, I'll call you right back, Colleen, and ran out to the parking area at the Syracuse airport. Good luck was on my side as Ron and company had not pulled out yet, and I was able to flag them down, saved. I would like to say that that was the last foolish thing I ever did in the name of love, but you know that it's not true. Amen.